Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, educating, empowering, and connecting Christians to stand on God's word and truth. The man who won't stand up for his own principles is not really a man at all. Get involved by emailing comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. You the truth. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Stand Up for the Truth. David Fiorazzo with you. We've got an excellent guest today. We're talking about a very provocative topic and that is Islam and some truth about what's going on, not only uh, nationwide, but around the world as well. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and open up this program. Father in heaven, thank you uh, that you are the truth. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to discern and to understand the times and help us to see things from a biblical perspective, from that biblical Christian worldview. And God, uh, help us not get so wrapped up and distracted with what's going on in our own personal lives, in our own homes and families. As important as those things are, Lord, as Christians, help us to live in the light of eternity and help us to teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And we need wisdom today, Lord. We thank you that you are the source of truth, the source of wisdom, that we can go to you when we need answers for what's going on around us and in our world. Uh, we pray that you'd open the eyes of the hearts of your true church, people that profess to believe in you, and uh, give us a, a, an increased passion for Jesus, for the gospel, and for spiritual things, and also give us that discernment we need to uh, recognize false teachings and to talk about these things with a spirit of love and grace, but without backing down on the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, do we understand the true history of Islam? That's our question, one of our many questions we'll ask today. And here's something interesting. At the turn of the 8th century, the Middle East was 95% Christian. Today, it's less than 6% Christian. What happened? Muslims are now being elected to U.S. Congress here in America. Many were appointed by the Obama administration. Um, what about freedom of religion? Is it for all faiths or just Christianity? What about the U.S. Constitution? Is America's system of government compatible with Sharia law? Then there's the Bible compared to the Koran. What do they teach about Jesus particularly? And our Christianity and Islam, both so-called Abrahamic faiths. Both of them? Really? Let's talk about that. How about the Muslim activist who said this? We do believe the East and the West should be governed by Sharia law, and one day the flag of Islam will fly over the White House. Today's guest, Tony Garule, is an expert on the topic. He's the vice president of Radical Truth, a full-time missionary, speaker, and trainer. He is also the co-host or the host of Colliding Worldviews. That's on the uh, Aramaic Broadcasting Network's Trinity Channel. And he previously hosted 180 episodes of Ratio Christie's Truth Matters television show. I've seen that on NRB in the past, many of them. Tony is a community apologist who informs and equips both adults and youth, especially in the areas of evangelism, apologetics, and Islam. Hi, Tony. Welcome to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Thanks, Davis. Great to be with you again. 
Yeah, we haven't talked in quite some time, and I just, before we get into the many questions we have, before we get into the deep things, just give us an update on what you've been doing recently, maybe in the past uh, year or so, and how things may have been changing ministry-wise. Do you have a, a more concise focus? Uh, what's happening with your ministry at Radical Truth? It was just about a year ago that I had left Rocio Christi. It was uh, December 31st, 2018. I left Rocio Christi in January 1st of this year. I joined Radical Truth, and the reason for that is a good friend of mine died uh, last August, and he was the founder of Radical Truth. He had a master's degree in apologetics, and he, like myself, had a heart to reach Muslims with the gospel. And he and I had the same ministry of, uh, philosophy of ministry when it came to Islam and reaching Muslims. We don't sugarcoat Islam, which a lot of people in the West do, but at the same time, we see Muslims as people made in the image of God who need the gospel. So there are many people out there who hate Muslims. We remind them that uh, Islam is a good acronym to remember our mindset, and that is, I shall love all Muslims. Hmm. So when you think about Islam, that's the acronym that we use. So we don't sugarcoat it, and we tell people like it is. We don't uh, sugarcoat history whatsoever. However, our goal is getting the gospel to Muslims, because we know that is the ultimate solution to all of this. And uh, when he died a little over a year ago, his wife had myself and a couple other guys in mind as people who the Lord may use to take over and continue the ministry. And that's why I left RC, which is who I was with, I believe, the last two or three times I was on your show. And uh, now I'm with Radical Truth. Things are going great. So Islam is now my full-time focus, and that's what we do. Uh, we do. I do weekly shows. I travel, I speak in both uh, political groups and churches, organizations, wherever I'm invited to, because of course, when I have presentations speaking on the political aspects of Islam, as well as now, I have a, a uh, new sermon presentation for churches in particular that's opening doors and doors in both venues. And we will put the post, uh, in the, your website, I should say, uh, RadicalTruth.net. We'll put a link to that in the podcast post today. And we are also going to get into your phenomenal uh, presentation called Lights Out, When Islam Rules America. Now, Tony, a lot of believers maybe feel some fear and maybe anxiety when they think about Islam, when they think about Witnessing to Muslims, uh, they think about 9-11, they think about the radicals, of course, but I really like what you said, Islam, I shall love all Muslims, because before the Internet, before we were able to see everything 24-7 and now see, unfortunately, more persecution online that comes right to our computer screens, um, I think it was a little bit easier to, to really love your neighbor and share the gospel with anybody, no matter what their religion. What, what would you like to share on that? Yeah, well, today, just like around 9-11 and before 9-11, you'll have people who say, hey, I have a Muslim co-worker, I, I love him or I love her, they're great, they're almost like me, you know, they, they talk about maybe going to the mosques, they talk about maybe fasting during Ramadan, but they are just like me, they just want to raise their kids, they're really nice, uh, that's great, and, and that's true for the most part when you're talking about Muslims who are actually born in America, Maybe if their parents came here and then, you know, people are referring to their sons and daughters or just maybe even Muslims who came to America to escape Islamic law and never want to live under it again. They are going to be the Muslims who want 
to integrate. They want to assimilate. They want to be American. That's completely different than the Islamists, and that's a term I, I do need to define, because uh, if you look at the primary sources of Islam, you don't find Islamist in there. You find Islam being the religio-political system, and you find Muslims as uh as people who submit to Islam. They are slaves of Allah. They are following Muhammad. And when you talk about the 1.6 to 1.8 billion Muslims who are in the world now, which of course you can't get a bigger mission field than that, <laughs> there's a wide variety of their mindsets. And if you watch Lights Out, or if you uh, happen to hear a live uh, sermon of the new uh, sermon presentation that I have, you'll learn the mindset of Muslims and why they do what they do. The question we need to ask is not, are they a Muslim, but are they actually doing what Muhammad said to do? Because there are, of course, many nominal Christians in the world. There's also many nominal Muslims in the world. And many Muslims, they don't even read the Quran. They don't read the Hadith. They don't read the Sir literature. They don't even know Arabic other than the Arabic that they memorize for the daily prayers, believing that that pleases Allah. Only about 15% of Muslims in the world understand Arabic. And yet, you know, we, we, we see Muslims who make the nightly news who are killing themselves, killing mm. others. And the Islamists are the Muslims in America who are maybe more politically minded than religious minded. Uh, not, not, you know, no religion, but they have the mindset of Hassan al-Banna, and he was the founder of the Muslim Brotherhood. That mm. was founded 91 years ago. I talked about the Muslim Brotherhood on a, on a past uh, interview with you. People can watch that presentation as well. That started 91 years ago. It started uh, four years after the Ottoman Empire fell, and that Ottoman Empire was the caliphate that Muhammad began hundreds of years ago, 1,400 years ago. Now, obviously, he wasn't leading it. It was uh, successors after successor after successor. But when he started the first Islamic State, that was in place until 1924. Uh, hmm. That's when it fell. It was just four years later when the Muslim Brotherhood was founded. And rather than carrying guns, they're wearing suits. So they are considered violent. They're considered peaceful, quote-unquote, for the most part. But the thing is that they have the same goal as the jihadists. They want the world under Islamic law. They hate the West. They hate Israel. But whereas the jihadists are focused on physical fighting primarily, the Islamists, which again is, is more of a modern-day term to make a distinction between a nominal Muslim in America who just wants to raise their kids and someone who's actually involved in and focused on the political aspects of Islam and having the goal of the world under Sharia. Now, your Muslim coworker, neighbor, classmate might know nothing about this, and that's fine. They may know nothing about the Islamic agenda to have the world under Islamic law, but the Islamists do, and that is their goal. And they're hard at work mm -hmm. here in America to bring the world, which, of course, includes America, and that's why they need America as well as, well as the rest of the world. And there are, we're going to get to this article coming up. It's eye-opening that there are scores of Muslim candidates winning races, political races across the, 
nation. And we've got an article from the Clarion Project we'll talk about in just a little bit because there's a there's a, actually a map there with different states and different races that now Muslim is in Congress or one a political race. But let's get to that in a minute. Tony, um, so the main focus that you created this new presentation called Lights Out, When Islam Rules America, um, it sounds very provocative. It almost sounds like what <laughs> some people might consider, oh, that's clickbait. That's got to be an, ex- an exaggeration. But we heard a quote from a Muslim, I believe, over in the U.K. I read it at the top of the program. He said, the, f- the flag of Islam will fly over the White House. Now, you put a lot of information in this uh, presentation. It's phenomenal. I watched the rest of it last night. Lights out. You want to share a little bit more about the content? Give us some bullet points, and we'll. Uh, what's unique about this presentation? Yeah, well, the presentations I created before this one were the one on Islamic law and on the Muslim Brotherhood, and those focused primarily on those topics. And the Muslim Brotherhood included the history history of that, as well as what's happening today, and of course the Islamic law focused on what that entails and how it's not compatible with the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Now, of course, there's pieces of both of those in this one. However, this one is was made from scratch. There was very little um, coverage of what was in those, those former two. And this one's focused primarily on what is happening in America specifically and, of course, what we could do about it. However, the, the first you know three quarters of the presentation <laughs> focuses on four aspects, four major areas of American society that are being Islamized, and those are education, immigration, government, and churches. So this is America-focused, letting people know what is happening here, but also in each of those sections of the presentation, I'm giving new stories from other parts of the world where they are 5, 10, maybe 15 years ahead of us. And if you look at what they did to get where they are, and you look at where we are currently, Dave, if we're doing the same thing, how can we keep from becoming like them, right? Yes, absolutely. Tony, would you repeat those again? Because I think that it's important that we recognize there is a movement in each one of these areas. So education, and then what, what else? What else? Immigration, Immigration. government, and churches. Okay. And in all four of those, they have they have a, a video to start off the section, other than the churches one. Uh, but the first three do have a short video to start off the section, and then I'm giving news stories about what's happening in other countries, and then I let you know what's happening here. And Dave, when the, I, I've given this pub, this presentation twice publicly so far, and both times were for uh, political groups in uh, different parts of California, uh, one in Central, one in Southern California. And both times, they, they ended and resulted in, in standing ovations because this is also the most patriotic presentation I've created so far. Uh, pe- people love it. Uh, at the end, I mean, people are, are laughing. I mean, they're laughing through it. At the end, people are crying, usually. Uh, you know, just, they just are, are so overwhelmed by the content in here. They want to get it to other people. They ask, how do I, how do I share it with others? Uh, how can I watch it again? And so, uh, thankfully, so many people are waking up to what's happening. That when I go and travel to, to different parts of the U.S. to speak in churches or political groups or what have you, 
it's it's like I'm I'm meeting a ton of people who have finally been reading. They've finally been watching. They've finally been doing their homework, and they they're awake. You know, the, of course, the different degrees depending on who you're talking with, but the amount of people out there who know nothing about this is getting lower and lower, and that is great because. Informed voters is exactly what America needs. Yes, and I'd like to take a little bit more time, Tony, and talk about the education system. Uh, we have generally, most of us have been out of school for a while. We don't know what's happening, but there's articles that are coming out. If you look for them, you can find how more public schools are promoting Islam. I'm not just talking about accepting. I'm not talking about accommodation. I'm talking about promoting. And there was one story that came out in September that there's some teachers, I believe over 400, went to a mandatory teacher training in Michigan, and they really were talking about how to teach Islam. And uh, Richard Thompson of the Thomas More Law Center said it was a well-orchestrated Islamic propaganda campaign, saying we found that the teachers were subjected to two days of Islamic propaganda where Islam was glorified, Christianity disparaged, and America was bashed. And so, Tony Garule from Radical Truth, what are your thoughts about what's happening in the public schools today and how young children are being reached, where they're softening uh, Islam to the point of accommodation? Well, of course, we know Christianity had been expelled decades ago. Just like the different areas of the government have had their materials on Islam whitewashed by as a result of Islamists infiltrating different areas of government, the same thing has happened in schools. They have influenced the school systems. They've actually built relationships with the publishers of school books. And Dave, if you probably, you know, you, you know, if you're a college student, every single year they're coming out with a new edition. You've got to pay 100 to $150 for it, it seems like. And all of these new editions from elementary through university – are being whitewashed. The history of Islam is being replaced with revisionist material to make Islam acceptable to the West. And in Lights Out, when Islam rules America, you will see the, what's happening in public schools from elementary through university throughout the United States and, and all over the place. People need to realize that the curriculum is not only being watered down to sugarcoat Islam, but it also has an Islam spotlighted agenda to it. Whereas other religions may be talked about for, you know, uh, maybe 10% of the time, Islam is getting the majority of that curriculum that's focused on religion in general. It's being whitewashed. So all ages, this is to make Islam acceptable in the West, to make more people uh, be open to Islam. When you're talking about kids in elementary school having to write down the five pillars of Islam, mm -hmm. to write to write the Shahada, which is the, um, the Islamic creed that makes a person Muslim, quote-unquote, you have elementary students learning this. And guess what? They're not talking about repentance and faith in Christ no. in, in these schools. And, oh, everybody practice, you know, repenting and putting your trust in Jesus Christ. 
uh, everybody wear, wear a crucifix for a day. You know, it's like <laughs> it's all it's all whitewashed. It's all focused on Islam, and, and this is all part of, all all part of the agenda. And it's just simply the education focused part of the agenda. Yes, and Tony, we need to take a break, but great information. And there is a lawsuit that actually came back with the ruling favorable to the public schools where it was in Maryland, a high school student or students were required to profess the Shahada and one Christian student wanted to have an alternative uh, assignment or to opt out and the they ruled that she couldn't do that and we know that schools have already had teachings on Islam and the five pillars in New Jersey, Virginia, New York, Massachusetts, Washington, Georgia, Minnesota, Tennessee, Oregon, South Carolina and West Virginia and this is from something we did back in September. There could be more by now. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about Lights Out, the new project from Tony Garulli of Radical Truth, and a whole lot more about immigration and government next. If you want more info on the topics of today's show, then visit StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, back to David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is Tony Garule of Radical Truth. We're talking about his exciting new po project, very informative. It's called Lights Out, When Islam Rules America. We're going from education to immigration. But, Tony, before we do that, let's lay a little bit of uh, groundwork in contrasting the difference between Jesus and Muhammad. We obviously know Jesus was the only sinless person that ever lived he uh, laid down his life. He even said, Father, forgive them uh, when they were crucifying him. Muhammad was a spiritual leader, but he was a political leader and a violent warrior. Can you contrast two key figures in Christianity and, Christianity and Islam before we move on? Yeah, whereas many Muslims say, oh, I am a Muslim, so I love Jesus. I love Jesus because I'm a Muslim. I, I, we, we revere Jesus. He's a, he's a prophet. They say things that Christians are going to hopefully agree with and say, okay, yeah, I guess we do believe the same thing. Mm -hmm. If you actually study the life of Jesus and Christian theology, study the life of Muhammad and Islamic theology, not only are Jesus and Muhammad night and day uh, a complete dichotomy, but people need to understand that the Jesus of Islam is not the Jesus who we're talking about. They're not referring to the Jesus of Nazareth, who was a Jew, and was the eternal Son of God in human flesh. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead. Because guess what? Islam denies those three major uh, aspects of the gospel. Mm -hmm. They don't believe that he's the eternal Son of God in human flesh. They don't believe that he died on the cross. They don't believe that he rose from the dead. He's just the prophet. And not only that, the Jesus, or Isa, I-S-A, that you will actually uh, read about in the Quran, and this is the person who a Muslim has in mind when they when they say Jesus, quote unquote. His name is Isa. He's in a, he's in his Islamized version of Jesus. He is a prophet. He was a Muslim. He did not die on the cross, and he is coming back as well. But he's actually coming back to destroy Christianity. So don't think that if a Muslim says, oh, I believe in Jesus too, that, you know, that's just one of the many things that we have in common. It's a completely different Jesus. It's unbiblical. It's Islamic. And it falls right in line with Orthodox Islamic theology that every single person is actually born Muslim. Now, we're talking from Adam through 
you and I, Dave, and even the babies around the world right now are actually born Muslim. That's number one. Number two is that every prophet throughout history was a Muslim. Adam, Abraham, Moses, etc., huh. and even Jesus, quote-unquote. But again, it's Isa, the Islamic, Islamic version of Jesus. So it's clear to say that they are teaching another Jesus or another gospel. Yes, yes, exactly what uh, we are warned about in Galatians 1, correct? Yes, yes. So let's move on to immigration. You've uh, put down immigration as one of the key areas in America uh, that are being Islamicized. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, a lot of people have emotions about this because we want to take care of our neighbor, we want to love our neighbor, we want to help the less fortunate people coming to this country uh, because they want the same freedoms and privileges living in this free society as we have, but uh, there's a line you have to draw to protect a nation, and a nation needs borders. It definitely does, and of course, the uh, liberals and Islamists and whoever is willing to work with them for the common cause of destroying America wants mass immigration, and if we look to other countries, which is what I do in the immigration section of Lights Out, you'll see what's happening there. I mean, in, in uh, Sweden, which is now widely considered the rape capital of Europe, mm -hmm. if not the world, where rape for women and men have skyrocketed, you, you have kids who are scared to go outside. You have uh, people there who have left their home country in the Middle East going to Sweden as true refugees, and they're actually finding that they're under the same threats from Muslims in Sweden that they were in the country that they left. Uh, if, you, if you look to uh, it's, uh, Vienna, in Vienna, European girls are wearing headscarves to avoid assaults by male Muslim migrants. Mm. And we're finding in different countries they're finally either realizing or, at least if nothing else, finally admitting that these migrants are a problem. And people need to realize that when you bring anyone here, even if it's just a handful of people, you're not only importing a person, you're importing a worldview, a worldview that usually, for the most part, uh, is at odds with the uh, American or, or Judeo-Christian worldview. Now, that's just a given, but when you're looking at thousands upon thousands of people coming to the West, in general, you're importing a worldview. Mm -hmm. You also have to ask the question, who's going to take care of all these people? Because that's going to impact your country financially. Mm -hmm. And who are they all going to vote for? Well, obviously, the person who continues to offer them the most free stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. And, it, and when they have this imported worldview, and when they show up here, they have the Islamists who want to use these immigrants to their agenda, it's, it's not going to be good for America. America is going to change just as other countries have changed. And in Lights Out, you can see what's happening in other countries. That will happen here if we don't stop doing what they did. We need to learn from their mistakes. If we don't, we're going to follow in their footsteps. And if you look to other countries, to, to Europe, which is also considered the West, which because technically it's one of the last parts of Christendom, if you can even call it that at this point, because there is no free speech in the UK. 
and all those different stories that we that we've seen over there, it, it, it's not the free speech that we have here in America. In America, is the last stand on earth, as President Reagan said. If we lose freedom here, we have no place else to escape to. And yet, people are saying, "Well, we need to bring all these immigrants here." But these are the same people who say that uh, America is bad. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's so bad, why do so many people want to come here? Number one, and if Sharia law or Islam, sorry, Islamic law, Sharia, is so good, then what is what country in the world under full Sharia are people flocking to because life is so great there? You know, it, 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 if you think critically about all this, it, it makes no sense when they say that America is bad, that we're we've never been great, and yet. They want to bring thousands of people here. Obviously, that's for the agenda of changing it. Right. There's a disconnect there to bash America, the very country that um, untold numbers of people are trying to get to for the freedoms we have. By the way, we're talking to Tony Garulli from Radical uh, Radical Truth. And if you'd like to interact with a question or comment during the broadcast, text the keyword "speak up" to nine zero one zero zero, or you can send an email comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Tony, on this uh, subject of immigration, are there any parallels that we can draw to the Old Testament and the Jews being warned by God about other cultures, other people coming in and intermarrying and maybe accepting their pagan gods and other things? It seems like there's quite a bit, and the Jews, I'm not sure if they learned that lesson. Yeah, there are quite a few parallels. I mean, all the things that you just mentioned are, are true. And, of course, we are not the nation of Israel, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean we can't learn from uh, their mistakes in the yes. Old Testament. And, of course, the Ten Commandments, which are reiterated in the New Testament, not because we need to keep them in order to be saved, but Jesus himself, as well as his disciples, uh, Paul, Jude, James, John the Baptist, etc., use the Ten Commandments to bring the knowledge of sin. And that is the measuring rod that is where we get objective morality from it's from god but is it from god slash allah allah just means the god that's the god of uh, who god is according to islam now allah and yah the yahweh of the bible are not the same so number one christians and muslims do not worship the same god because if you ask who is god you don't get the, the same answer there and this is uh, covered in my brand-new uh, sermon presentation called What is Islam, Who is Allah, and What is the Christian Response? That's available for churches now. But uh, it's, it's not the same God. It's not the same Jesus. It's not the same gospel. Really, there is no gospel in Islam. In Islam, it's a works-based, self-righteous system where they're trying to do more good than bad. That's why they pray five times a day. That's why they make a trip to Mecca if they can, which is the Hajj. They fast during Ramadan. They, they uh, follow these pillars not because it makes them better Muslims, per se, but because they think it pleases the law, and these are good things, quote-unquote, so weigh down that good side of the scale, hoping that their good will outweigh their bad, and they'll end up in paradise because of that. This is not no part of Christian theology. Yes, there are parallels with the Old Testament and what's happening today, and actually, I can give you a link uh, after the show sometime. I can email it to you, Dave. Sure. Uh, there's a show that I did with uh, an expert in this area, and it was on the biblical response to immigration. 
look at the Bible, love your neighbor, of course, just like anything else, they want to cherry pick the different uh, verses. This actually goes into the biblical details of borders and having mm. uh, you know national sovereignty and, and all of that. So I will send that link as a resource to share with people. Sounds good. And before we get to government and, and talk about some fascinating developments when it comes to elections, uh, Tony, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this push by Pope Francis for, well, one world religion. He's uh, Earlier this year, he signed a pact with Muslims, and it's, it's interesting, declaring that uh, diversity of religion is God's will, and a lot of different things that are concerning about that meeting, about how the Pope is viewing the Muslim faith. And in fact, part of the catechism says Muslims are our brothers. I would love for you to get your take on that. Yes, a uh, few things there. <laughs> Let me try to cover all of them. Uh, first thing, I think there's no other group that I've, I've seen and heard more concerned about Pope Francis than Roman Catholics themselves. Hmm. There are a ton of them out there who do not agree with what he's saying. They yes. can't wait for the next pope, uh, <laughs> it seems, and uh, they don't agree with it. And and they like, hey, I don't, I don't support him. I don't support his views. And people ask me all the time, hey, do you think Roman Catholics are safe? Well, I say, well, uh, they're born again uh, people in the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. There are nominal people in the Protestant Church. Yes. And there's nominal people in the Roman Catholic Church. So the main thing is. Have they repented and put their trust in Christ? If they have, then it isn't. You know, we can we can flush out the details after that. But there are definitely saved people in uh, both camps there. But yeah, he's definitely pushing for mass immigration. He actually has given money himself to help uh, migrants. He's telling the world it needs to welcome and integrate migrants. But yet, Dave, uh, he seems to forget that he still lives in the Vatican <laughs> and that the the forty foot tall and 12-foot-thick walls of the Vatican yes. were built for the purpose of warding off ongoing Islamic invasions in AD 852. So he seems to forget that, but you know, is also obviously pushing this like one-world uh, agenda, whether it is you're talking about borders or whether you're even maybe talking about a religion, because not only is he pushing for all this, but I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen the news stories, but over the last year, there's been a number of news stories of him uh, having events with the, uh, the leader of Al-Azhar University in Cairo, Egypt, which is the most prestigious Islamic university in the world. He and the leader of Al-Azhar are, are working together, which, of course, you know, the leader of Al-Azhar, he knows his Islamic theology. He's just like the Islamists, willing to work with anyone who's willing to work with him, but it's for the ultimate goal of of furthering Islam throughout the world. So, yes, many people are concerned about what Pope Francis is doing. What he needs to do is listen to his, some of his own cardinals, and one of them I talk about in Lights Out. His name is Cardinal Robert Serra, and this is what he says. He says, the West will disappear as a result of mass migration adding that Islam will invade the world and completely change culture, anthropology, and moral vision. If the West continues in this fatal way, there's a great risk that due to a lack of birth, it will disappear, invaded by foreigners, just as Rome has been invaded by barbarians. 
And the thing is, is that Robert Sarah is from a predominantly Muslim country. And that's why he says, I think I know what reality I'm talking about. Hmm. Well, a lot to take in there, but I want to remind people, we are going to post your new project, Lights Out, in today's podcast. We'll also put it on our Facebook, but we're speaking with Tony Garulli from Radical Truth. Uh, we're going to just tease this next segment, Tony, before we take a break, because this is one of the more eye-opening ones. If you're an American, you're looking at Muslims being elected in different parts of the country, and there's a breaking story. At least this was a, a week or two ago. But the daughter of a Muslim Brotherhood official was elected, and this is very interesting. I believe that was in Fairfax County uh, School Board in Northern Virginia. Very interesting. And they've got a map we're going to talk about how there are a lot of Muslims being elected, particularly in the Northeast. But we'll talk about the government portion of the Islama, the, the being Islamicized. I don't, hard for me to use that word. Islamicized. I got it right. And when we come back with Tony Gurley of Radical Truth, more on government and Sharia law. If you want more info on the topics of today's show, then visit StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, back to David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Tony Garulli of Radical Truth, and we are talking about government now and a lot of Muslims winning elections in different parts of the country to either uh, political positions or school boards. And we've got Tony's take on that in a minute. But, Tony, you shared something before we got back on the air here during break I thought was a very fascinating way of looking at their, I guess, their hunger because they're going uphill. Describe what you just shared with me. There's an old saying that the wolf on the hill isn't as hungry as the wolf climbing the hill. And the Islamic goal, the Islamic theology is that the whole world is supposed to be under Islamic law. And, of course, this is a supposed revelation or saying that uh, Muhammad had. And any true devout Muslim is going to follow what Muhammad said to do, and they're going to try to emulate him, and that is pushing for the world to be under Islamic law. And the Islamists, and again, this is uh, a more modern-day term, just to make a distinction between your religio-politically-minded Muslim in America who's pushing for Islamic law versus your uh, nice, loving, American-born Muslim neighbor who just wants to raise their kids. So that's more of the distinction there between a Muslim and Islamist uh, just if, if that hasn't been clear. However, the, the goal of Islam is to have the world under Sharia, and of course, the world includes America. And you have the political Islamists who are pushing to get elected into positions of power. At the same time, they're attacking anyone who criticizes Islam who is already in a position of power. Because guess what? That opens up a spot for maybe a Muslim to get hired or for uh, someone else to, to learn to not share your opinions or thoughts if they are uh, against Islam in any way. However, the, what, I, what I was saying is that people, many Americans are not aware of Islamic theology. They're not aware of the goal of Islam to have the world under Sharia, and of course that includes America. They are not aware of what's happening in other countries as they've already become Islamized to whatever degree they have, and they're not aware of who has connections to the Muslim Brotherhood in America who are actually running for different positions from, as you saw, school board all the way uh, 
to uh, governors, mm-hmm. mayors, etc. And they are, are not taking the effort to even find out who they need to vote against because they need to vote against the Islamists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they aren't doing their research. No. And as I mentioned, I think before we even started the show, you know, the Islamists are, are focused on the next generation, your children, your grandchildren, because who is most concerned about the future of America? Who cares most, it seems, for the most part, of what America was founded upon and what it was founded for? It's the older generations. They are really interested in this topic. It's the younger people who aren't as interested because they're caught up in, in youthful things at the same time. What, what are they learning about Islam? Oh, you know, it's the Walt Disney version that you get in public mm-hmm. schools and universities. Everything's been watered down and whitewashed. So they're pushing for the next generation. They're pushing for political power. And that's why people need to wake up what's happened in other, in other countries, because it's going to happen here if people don't realize what's happening and do something about it. We're talking with Tony Garulli of Radical Truth. Tony, uh, let's talk about this election that happened over in Virginia. And uh, I believe her name is Abrar Omaish, and she won an election in Virginia. She is on a seat on the school board, Fairfax County. And the 24-year-old became the youngest woman and the first Muslim woman to win a seat in Virginia. And it's interesting that someone else broke the story that the daughter of a Muslim Brotherhood official who advocated Palestinian jihad and hired the al-Qaeda imam who ministered to the 9-11 hijackers at uh, radical Dar al-Hijra Islamic Center has been elected by Democrats to in the Fairfax County School. Now, before I get your thoughts on that, Tony, there's a map in this article I just want to share with our listeners, and we'll put this in today's podcast post. There are states where uh, Muslims have been elected, and they're proudly putting this out. It says, I believe this was put out by CARE, Philadelphia. Scores of Muslim candidates win races across the nation. There's a couple in Minnesota, a couple in lower Michigan, Ohio, many in Virginia, many in Pennsylvania. It looks like it could be Maryland, New Jersey, a lot of them in New Jersey, New York, and a couple other states. I'd love to get your explanation on this and how concerned we should be. And is, Or is this a problem? Because they're Americans, they're running for office, and should we just be informed? Well, much like the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, these people have an agenda in mind. And much like the Muslim Brotherhood, they're not carrying weapons. They are nice. Uh, it's been said that the Muslim Brotherhood operative is the nicest guy in the room. Hmm. There is an agenda here that, that people aren't realizing. And once, just like if you studied the history of, of the life of Muhammad and throughout history, when they are in a position of uh, where they don't have much power, uh, they're the minority, there's a different mindset than when they become the majority. And the goal, ultimately, of getting all of these Islamists into positions of power, not only, you know, referring here to different, uh, you know, major employers throughout the U.S. and stuff, but, of course, these areas of influence, Mm -hmm. school boards. We already have the uh, Islamized curriculum. Now we have Islamists in positions of power in schools themselves. They're running for these positions of power because that is how they will take over. That is the goal, 
if people, whether people believe it or not or realize it or not, that is the goal here. And we see in other countries what has happened, not even getting a bunch of Muslims into power, but just having so many Muslims who have come there through immigration. If you look at the UK, yes, there are Muslims in positions of power. The mayor of uh, London is a Muslim. So you, you do have Muslims in, in positions of power, but you, you just have a huge uh, influx of Muslims, and they know their Islam, and they don't have the Constitution and Bill of Rights that we have. So knowing that America is different and that mm-hmm. we still have freedoms here that other places don't have, they have to be uh, very uh, discreet and decisive and uh, ha- and have this incremental plan of takeover. That's why it's looking a little bit different here. Mm-hmm. But people need to realize that the goal is the same. The goal is to take over America, and that's why people need to watch and share lights out with other people. It's not they're Christians or not. They need to see this presentation because it covers all of the four areas of, that that we mentioned, and this political aspect comes into place every time you have any type of voting throughout the U.S. of any type, whether it's a school board or whether it's the president of the United States. People need to get involved. They need to know who they're voting for and what those people that they're voting for stand for. Thank you, Tony. This is not fear-mongering. We are sharing some facts and some concerns and some history here. Um, The word... Uh, Islam means submission. That's for our newer listeners who are tuning in right now. And this uh, one more, I just want to read the last line from this article, Tony. We've got to move on, talk about churches real quick. Um, Abrar Omaish is a case study in uh, deploying a legacy approach to elected office as next-generation Islamists look to build on campaign wins and, of course, learn from their losses by targeting local Seats. We'll put that article up at StandUpForTheTruth.com in today's podcast post with Tony Gurulia. I really want to recommend, again, Lights Out, his project. But the final category is churches. Now, this sounds almost unbelievable, Tony, because Christian churches, Catholic churches, Baptist churches, Protestant, are churches really being Islamicized? And if so, how? They are, Dave. Let me give one quick quote to finish up the, the government part. Okay. You need to take this into account whenever you're seeing these uh Islamists running for uh, political positions. And this is a quote by Siraj Wahaj. He says, remember that if you get involved in politics, you have to be very careful that your leader is for Allah. You don't get involved in politics because it's the American thing to do. You get involved in politics because politics are a weapon to use in the cause of Islam. So I'll end that section there. (laughs) People can get the rest of that content by watching the presentation. As far as churches... Uh, yes, this is a topic, a uh, very important topic, and this is the one section that I don't start off with a video. I actually just give some news stories about what's happening in other countries, how churches are removing pews to allow Muslim events, that they are actually covering crosses in cemeteries to not avoid offense to other religions. And, of course, there's only one religion in mind there that they're referring to. Uh, there's another church in Durham, which they, co- they covered the crosses, and they are now hosting Muslim prayers in this church. So you may have heard of these different interfaith dialogues that have been happening throughout the United States. And this is just another Islamist 
tactic to make Islam acceptable to the West. They are, for the most part, set up by uh, mosques and uh, Islamic centers, and they'll say things like, hey, come listen to uh, Christians, Jews, and Muslims together, and of course they focus on the similarities, as few as there are. They never talk about the differences, and it's the differences that matter. Because something that you talked about earlier, too, is Abrahamic faiths. Yes. And this is, this is a misnomer when you're talking about Christianity, Judea, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Because you say, oh, they all uh, follow Abraham. And, and again, it's just using terms that make it sound like we have a bunch in common. But, again, if you know your Islamic theology and history of the world, quote-unquote, Abraham wasn't a Jew. He was a Muslim. So whereas Jews and Christians would agree on who Abraham is, Islam has a completely different Abraham. Yes. And it's, it's, I ask people, what do you mean Abrahamic? Believe in Abraham? Well, if that's the case, well, then Mormons are Abrahamic. <laughs> uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are Abrahamic. You know. Um, Good point. It, it, so it's better to say uh, the three major monotheistic religions, because, yes, we all do believe in one God, but as soon as you ask who is God, you get different answers there, of course, when you bring Islam into the equation. So that's something that people need to know. They need to be aware of interfaith dialogues and the deception of these, and that's talked about in the presentation. And actually, have a sh- there's a show, a one-hour show on the deception of interfaith dialogues. The Common Word Movement came out in 2000 and, uh, 2007, mm-hmm. and this is where a bunch of Islamic scholars wrote a letter to a bunch of Christian leaders saying, "This is a, a common word between us and you," and many Christian. Roman Catholic, etc., leaders signed this document saying, yes, we do have uh, commonality. But the, what people don't realize is that this, the wording of this letter is not only denying uh, the deity of Christ, ultimately, and denying Christian theology, but it's spotlighting Islam in particular. And also, this common word is actually referring to uh, Surah 3, or Chapter 3 of the Quran, verse 64, when it says, Say, O people of the book, come to a common word between us and you, that we shall worship none but God, and that we shall ascribe no partner unto him, and then shall take others as lords besides God. So basically, when people sign this document, they're not only affirming the maybe truthfulness of Islamic theology, but they are are, uh, affirming the denial of the Trinity. Because when it says that God has no partners, well, that's referring to shirk, the worst sin he can commit in Islam, which is exactly what you're committing if you say that Jesus is the Son of God. So there's the issue there. We already talked earlier about how it's a completely different Jesus. Yes. And the the main thing is that not only do they deny that Jesus is the eternal Son of God, but they deny what we know is the Trinity. Now, they will say, oh, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Well, that's fine. The The concept of the Trinity is there. We do see that there's one God, but there are three persons who are God. And this is something that uh, is very helpful for Christians, whether you're talking with a Muslim, whether you're talking with an atheist, or maybe even your own thoughts of the Trinity. Because in the presentation, I, I talk about that. I give a very helpful illustration you know, when Muslims say Allah is just generic for the God, but when they talk about Allah, it's like it's like that's his name and it's one person. That's their that's their mindset. Like mm-hmm. God is a name, but when we read the Bible, when we, when we understand Christian theology and doctrine, we realize that 
the term God isn't a person, it's a nature. It's referring to divinity. Because if we ask, who is God? It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If we ask, what is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? God. So God isn't a who, God is a what. It's a nature, a divine nature. And the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all divine. They're all God. But the second who, the Son, slash word, in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, 13 verses later there in John, uh, the word is, is a person, or uh, of course the Son is a person. Who is what? God. But he took on a second what? A human nature. And, you, and the Bible says you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. So not only do, does Islam and Muslims have the wrong Jesus, but they don't understand the Trinity. And many Muslims throughout the world, especially here in the West, where they're not under the pressure of being killed for leaving Islam, they are the gospel away from leaving Islam. Hmm. They either never wow. heard the gospel, or if they have, they don't understand it. So, number one, we as Christians are Muslims' only hope. If we don't share the gospel with them, who will? No one will. Hmm. The gospel is the power of God into salvation. Many Muslims are the gospel away from leaving Islam. And here's the major hang-up for many Muslims in other countries, and maybe here as well, if they uh, or living in a, in a conservative Muslim home. Hey, Tony, we've got to wrap this up real quick, so just, if you can make that final point real quick, that would be great. Yes. They need the gospel, but they need something greater than death to leave Islam, because death is what they face in other countries, and they can face here. That's why you hear about honor killings here and there. They need something greater than death in mind to be uh, motivated to leave Islam. And, of course, the only thing greater than possible death is the eternal life that Jesus Christ offers us and uh, provides us and promises us when we repent of our sins, turn from them, and put our trust in Jesus Christ. And that's what Muslims throughout the world need to do, and we as Christians are their only hope. So it's very important not to sugarcoat Islam and tell it like it is, and that's what we do at Radical Truth. But it also you need to remember that the gospel is the ultimate solution here, and that's what we need to be sharing with Muslims throughout the world. And you can get tips and tools on how to do that at Radical Truth as well. Thank you, Tony. Lights out when Islam rules America. So much we didn't get to, but that means we're going to have to have you back, and we'll reschedule that uh, when we get off the air. But thank you so much. God bless you, brother. Keep up the good work. Thanks so much, Dave. God bless you and your listeners. All right. When we come back, some exciting guests the rest of the week and next week. We're getting ready to wrap up today's show. Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. Now, here's David Fiorazzo. So much. We'll uh, add some things in the podcast post. But tomorrow's guest, author and pastor, Dr. Andy Woods. He's going to be talking about the coming kingdom. What is Kingdom Now Theology? And how is that maybe changing the focus of the Christian church a little bit? Talk about that tomorrow. And uh, don't have time to get to the rest of the week and next week. But thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you. And keep speaking the truth about things that matter.